0: Welcome back, folks. This is Mark Steiner right here on Your Source for Cool Jazz and More, WEAA 88.9 FM, the voice of the community. We're about to hear a conversation with one of the giants of our community who passed away this past weekend, Woody Curry, who served two tours of duty in Vietnam, worked in Resurrection City with the Poor People's Campaign in 1968, and developed one of the most unique programs for treating drug addiction in our entire country affected the lives of thousands of people so they could build better lives and human lives. Woody Curry was one of the central stories in our Vietnam veteran series, Shared Weight, and appeared many times on our program to wrestle and enlighten us about issues of addiction. And he was one of my dearest friends. So we'll bring you one of our conversations with Woody Curry, where he talks about his unique approach to his work. Woody Curry, rest in peace, brother. Your wisdom and voice stay with us. We are visited once again in our studios here by Woody Curry. Woody Curry has uh, been on the show many, many times, uh, was a part of the feature of our Vietnam series years back when he went to Vietnam with us to produce that series, a Vietnam vet who came back, uh, went through his own struggles with uh, alcohol, alleged mental illness. <laughs> what do you mean by alleged?
1: The experts said I was crazy. <laughs> and me being dependent bought into
0: it. <laughs> Then uh, fought that addiction, uh, found himself, and uh, he has been clinical director of the Baltimore Station for how many years? Ever since I uh, I don't know 1994 or five. Long time. Yeah, and has developed his own style of, uh, of of way of dealing. The the Baltimore Station is a place where for, for men it is a residential facility. They stay there for at least 18 months, right? However long it takes to rewire their inner circuitry. And has... (laughs) Here we go. And has... His own theories, often controversial but effective on how to address and deal with addiction. Join us here at 410-319-8888. So, welcome, Woody. Good to have you back. Nice being here, Mark. I'm
1: glad you put a humorous side to this because (laughs) I told somebody before I came over here, my uh, executive assistant... Kelly, I said, Kelly, listen to me and Mark. I say, because the more esoteric (laughs) I get, the more precise he's going to (laughs) get. I say, I'm going to stretch it out. He's going to bring it right back home, and we're going to go back and forth all day. She said, "Uh, that ought to be interesting. I said, that's what we do. (laughs) That's what we do. We like, you know, we see the
0: same thing, but we process it. We do process it differently. Different. There's no question. Everybody does. Uh Uh-oh, we got an email already. Who's that? Somebody named Valerie wrote in. It might be. Uh, she said, give my big brother my love. That's your
1: wife. <laughs> hey, hey, Valerie, <laughs> how you doing? How you doing, Valerie? I'm glad you're not here, but I'm glad to speak to you because Mark, Mark told me what would happen to me if you saw me with my uh, raccoon coat on. Four <laughs> of <laughs> So I said, just tell her, I said hi, but don't mention it.
0: <laughs> well, you just mentioned it.
1: Yeah, well, you, me and my sister straight up. She know how I, she know how I get there.
0: <laughs> so what? what so we were talking earlier, yes, two days ago, I guess, when mm-hmm. we first talked about this idea. We actually talked about it a couple of weeks back. That you've been, um, I mean, not just dealing with addiction, as an addiction counselor, um, and working with people for a long time, a lot of vets and more, Uh but you've been developing over the years your own kind of thoughts on what addiction really is and how to address it. So it's been switch- changed. I mean, you've been developing it. It never stops Re- developing. Doing research. Right. Yeah. I'm always doing it. And, and uh,
1: you know, it, 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 the brain is... I can't even begin to describe. I got a very limited... Well, I see enough and know enough going with, along with, see, I'm surrounded by people, psychiatrists, PhD educators, social workers, neurologists, psychiatrists, psychologists, everything, and all of this interchange is going on, you know, and then I did this thing with the state of Maryland for a year out at Spring Grove about behavioral health, and then, so I'm starting to look at stuff, and I've been, for the past year, studying, like, online lectures, back and forth uh, 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 about the brain and the biological neurological basis for human behavior and so to put it simply the brain creates a reality to fit whoever the individual is and and and, and so it's like a big multiprocessor it's and, and and it takes data in asymmetrically through different functions and things like that. Let me cut to the chase and give you an example yep. of how old this. We have the neural circuitry now to validate a lot of things. It sounds almost mystical. But back when they found the Rosetta Stone, Napoleon, they saw in the Egyptian temples that a, a, a picture of a man with eyes all over his body. And what they were trying to say is that the whole body sees... And what they meant by seeing is that the the brain sees the whole body. When the brain speaks, every cell in the body listens and lines up behind the message throughout, right? If the message is incomplete, it shows up as some Mm -hmm. kind of short wiring or the whole process hasn't been completed. And a lot of people approach life simply through ideas, and ideas— the brain can't really tell the difference between an idea and a reality. So their ideas set off certain types of biochemical responses to correspond with whatever state the brain is suggesting that the body has to respond to. Am I making sense? Man, and, and, and all of that shows that when you look at somebody, and listen and see them and even pick up certain vibrations like compassion and things like that. When I do that, that's my brain doing this thing. And because I'm experiencing all of these processes simultaneously in multidimensional, asymmetric processes, the central point of it is me, and that makes me think that I'm doing it. But me thinking I'm doing it is the brain doing this thing? Am I making sense?
0: Yeah. Look, it's, 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 don't,
1: <laughs> I know where you want to go. I know where you want to go. Okay, so all of us are looking at the same stuff, but we're processing it differently. We're reading the cues from the environment at different levels all of the time, but we're only conscious mostly of what we see and, and 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 what we're thinking now, thinking is really remembering all right that's what thinking is it's really remembering seeing
0: is when you stop thinking so how does this all tie to addiction you okay what you're saying
1: addiction is. In the mesolimbic system of the brain, mainly, that's where the action is, the memory, reward, and learning process. And so it's a simple matter of certain behaviors are going to get a reward and certain others aren't, right? All right. So then if there's a constant balance going on within the human organism, homeostasis, and the brain directs all of that balance, and as the environment changes, the brain reorients itself almost quickly. But it's clumsy at first because it's feeling all of the different levels of data that's coming into it until it balances, right? So all of that movement and stuff and everything that we feel, that's just life doing its thing, right? But what we do is we tell ourselves stories about the feelings. Now, feelings aren't facts. It's a fact that you're feeling it. But you're feeling because you're alive and you're remembering, and the brain is steadily doing this stuff. It's remembering and accumulating. It's processing all the time, even when we're not aware of it. And all we focus, we focus our attention on certain things, like you and I sitting here talking, right? But there's a whole lot of other stuff going on at the same time that's even influencing what I'm saying to you and the way you're responding to me, and it's all from memory and we're constantly synthesizing through words. Words are the conventions, and we synthesize what they mean, but you and I are usually on the same page, so we have this straight line of communication, right? We understand each other. But that happens on all levels with everybody all the time, right? So that's the brain doing this thing, this interdependency, you know, this constant dialogue between organism and its environment, right? Now, if something in that organism isn't learned, All right. Let's say you don't, and I mean learn by doing, because motor cells learn by doing. They don't learn because it's like you read a book on golf. You can understand every word in there intellectually. You wouldn't be able to go out there and hit that ball any distance because you haven't practiced the coordination and the brain hasn't calibrated itself with the entire process. So it's strictly an intellectual event. See, it never was going to happen. Do you
0: understand what I'm saying? I do, but uh, break it down so you understand how this fits into addiction.
1: The whole person is addicted. All right, I'm getting to that part. Sensation, that's in the uh, amygdala and the uh, thalamus, hypothalamus, all of these little different functions, different shapes and things that make one thing. The amygdala acts on the fight-flight instinctive (laughs) response. There's no logic. Behind instinct, there's no survival. I mean, there's no logic behind survival. It's just done. That's the will to live, fight or flight. Now, those sensations usually send a message through the rest of the part of the brain until it reaches up front the cerebral cortex that can make a distinction as to whether the danger is real or imaginary, right? But if you just take some type of sedative drug so that that feeling is satiated right there, then you never really learn what's real and what's not, you see. And so you're really acting on animal instinct most of the time, rather than a a controlled, learned, progressive, evolutionary process of learning how to live. You learn how to survive. So, and every decision a person makes, even now, is based, there's some emotional state present when a person says anything. That's part of that person's homeostasis process, all right? Now, if your emotional state is constantly a state of euphoria, the need to learn to do anything doesn't even come up. You know, those insecurities because you're in a dangerous area or because you lack food or shelter or anything like that, when you take that away, when you take the effect of those impulses away by using drugs, then what you do, you really have a very limited capability to interact and learn with the larger community. Because you have taken yourself out of the everyday struggles and other people that aren't using drugs, those little fears, doubts, and uncertainties that we face every doggone day and are acclimated to do it because our brains adjusted to that stuff over the years. When a you take the drugs away, the addict is faced with a base that's entirely vulnerable to everything, which runs back to the need for the drug, you see? So it's like what you're looking at is a feedback loop in, in technological terms. So let me – oh, we just lost our call. Gary? I know you're going to lose I'm, everybody. See, I knew I shouldn't have got off into that. 410 <laughs>
0: 319 Gary and others, call back. I'm going to get you a call as soon as you pop in. 410 319 As we wrestle with addiction – Issues and addiction and uh, how we relate to those issues and what we do about them, 410-319-8888. And uh, if this is Gary, well, no one, he says. 410-319-8888. So join us here. We will um, get you on the air. Uh, And you can get there because uh, one line that doesn't always work is now busy. So you can get on the phone and get in. 410-319-8888. So all that, so what does any of that have to do? with how you approach addressing a person's addiction.
1: Okay. I'm, a, I'm not addressing addiction. That's a process of plasticity. That was established by using the drugs and engaging in the behavior that they engage in. You become what you do, all right? And people don't do what they think. They, they think based on what they were taught to believe. They were conditioned to believe that, okay, they do what was done to them, and that's the way people are. You know, the brain's not processing as an adult. It's a kid that's processing things in terms of external boundaries and things like that. As an adult, when you become self-sustaining, you can sort of negotiate your way through life. If you never learn how to do that, you spent most of the formative years, the turbulent years of adolescence and early adulthood when most people establish an identity and things in a normal society or living situation, Right you spend most of that time above every normal challenge that anybody else faces. You don't face the challenge because you don't feel it. The drugs tell you, the brain, that you're okay. And every cell in the body is reading the brain's messages that everything is okay. You see? So you never really learn. Now, what you're looking at then is a dysfunctional lifestyle based on the fact that the person never learned how to negotiate all of those fears and things. I call it the cat on a hot stove syndrome.
0: <laughs> Let me open the phones here, then I have a question about that. Four one zero three one nine eighty eight eighty eight uh 8888 number here. Woody Curry is with us, uh, clinical director of the Baltimore Station, as we talk about uh, new things we learn about addiction and the human soul and mind and body all connected into one. All that. no, it fantasy. is all connected. It's fantasy. It's not fantasy. Where is it? Well, we'll get back to it. Let's go to the phone yeah, first. okay. We'll come back a to mental concept. I knew we are going to disagree at some point tonight.
1: Yeah, Let's you took it, <laughs> it into where... Most addicts take it. All right. Into abstract concepts that suggest something but can't prove nothing. Oh, uh, well, I don't mean soul in a literal sense. How can you be literal? You can't be. I know. That's why I said it's an abstraction. And everybody will project any kind of encoding that they have in them into that abstraction and come up with something that they're going to tell you about. And when I say, how big <laughs> is it? And then we get into. See, <clears throat> people. Life is a given. Living is learned behavior. Are we agreed on that? Yes, we are. Okay. So So far,
0: so good. Yeah, so far, so good.
1: (laughs) 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 The the brain wires itself. Neural pathways are established by repetitive behaviors.
0: Neural pathways. Yeah, and they can be altered by the environment you're in depending on what happens to surrounding you that's my point right okay now now trauma will
1: cause more of an instinctive response than a natural educated you you see because the the brain's in panic mode then
0: so trauma can be but we can define trauma in many ways
1: yeah i'm 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 defining the central nervous system now you're going to talk about what happened i'm talking about how it's processed but what I'm saying... Yeah. You, you see what I'm talking... You see the difference. We're on the same page, but I'm talking about the actual processing in the CNS as a result of
0: that trauma. So let's go to the phone, okay. I'm going to come back. Just All have, right. Leave, forget this. 410-319-8888. Folks, want to jump in this conversation. Alex, you're on the air.
2: Thank you for uh, letting me on the air.
0: Welcome.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, my question is, why are we making it so complicated
4: so only a clinician can understand it? when most of us, most of us,
0: who suffer from the disease of addiction, need to keep it real simple. But, all right, but don't go away, Alex. Let's have a little interaction here. What yeah. You-
1: hey, Alex, I understand what you're saying, but the position that I'm in, I can relate it simply because that's what I had to learn how to do, but it's still clinical findings that I'm talking about, and there's a limit to how much a lay person, I can use it enough to communicate it, you know, when I say things like when you look at a person and you see what they're doing and thinking and maybe feeling, you 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 know, that's the brain doing what it's doing, you see. Now, okay, if I want to deal with what I'm seeing, looking, and doing, that's an intervention, okay, and that's simply put. But what I'm looking at, when I look at it, I'm looking at the source of what I'm seeing, not just what I'm seeing. You see, I have to see the whole thing. Otherwise, it's just a partial conclusion that I'm coming to that can easily be mistaken by social referencing or any other kind of process.
0: Does that make any sense? You want to get another thought?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but for the, for the everyday Joe, for the everyday Joe, um, how can you help me with that approach?
1: Well, the the help that a person needs is to be in a healthy environment. In a healthy environment where those types of dysfunctional expressions of behavior, attitude or whatever, okay, are looked at as part of a rewiring process rather than something being wrong with the individual, then people are more likely to participate in a process of self-improvement than a process of labeling it as dysfunctional or things like that. So we try to provide it. On that positive side of the area, like everything in the universe is a work in progress. So you get, you look at it at one stage of development and take a snapshot and label somebody. That's not that's not the way I see it. It's a process that every individual is going to. Life is a self defining process. In other words, the choices that the individual well, makes going to be the determining factor.
0: What you were saying, Alex, I, I think I don't want words in your mouth, but. I think what Alex is saying, and you can jump in here, and because we're going to go to other callers, Edward and Yale, we're going to come to your calls. So I hang out. We're going to get to everybody's call here. Is that the way you're describing how the brain affects who we are, what we do? The brain is who you do. Okay. It's your brain. Yeah, but but so it's you, like well, wait 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 wait. wait. So so so. You, but so you're describing the complexity of it. And what Alex is saying, okay, so that may be the complexity of how my works. Okay, brain let me works. give
1: you the simple way of but, what no, to let, do. Me finish, let me finish.
0: So, so so, Alex is asking you, you're giving us the complexity here, but how does that help everyday people deal with their addiction?
1: Correct. Okay, right? the that's bottom line, a simple process. You can't think or analyze or talk your way into right living, but you can live your way into right talking, thinking, and being. And that's on, on you.
3: I heard that. That's that I it. Heard. That
1: I heard. That's simple. And so you set up an environment where... All of these dysfunctional behaviors aren't allowed to grow and be reinforced or cosigned, and the brain will organize itself on a normal pattern of interdependence on that person's own efforts rather than being dependent on everything and everybody else. But that's a living process. That has to be learned. The drug use prevent that learning from occurring, so the individual is starting where he became emotionally and psychologically and spiritually dependent on drugs is where all of the maturation and growth stop. So the now brain has to do that itself, and you provide the environment for it.
0: Go ahead, Alex. Now,
2: now I'm hearing you.
1: Good, but I have okay, to go sorry. because I am a clinician. I have to make the connections. Uh, yeah, I have to make the connections, and the 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 the, the, <laughs> well, the criteria, the evidence is the human brain. So once I get outside of there, then I'm fantasizing. But
3: look, look, I'm I'm, I'm new with this man. I got seven years clean.
2: Seven years clean. I want to stay clean.
1: Right. Well, just keep doing what you've been doing for the past seven years, and you done got that pathway firmly established, and just stay on it, and you'll be okay.
0: All right. Trust the process. Thank
1: you.
0: All Thank right. you. And you told do you Monday night relapse prevention, right? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: yeah, I do this down here. I got guys in residence who know more about the brain than a whole lot of dogs. <laughs> You'd be surprised how people will take to information that they can use and see some Possibilities,
0: proven well,
1: evidence-based possibilities. Somebody named
0: Yale just hung up, but I saw that he wants to say something about it feeling like you were trying to make this is this getting too complex.
1: It is a complex process. I'm simplifying it, really. Ask any neurologist or neurosurgeon, and they will say, I'm doing an oversimplification, but I can't go as far into it as I had to go in research. Who understands it? But what I can understand to... what people are saying, but there's not a lot of simple ways to put it.
0: So we're gonna, we should take a, a brief break. We'll come right back, and then we're going to pick up. But then I want to really kind of push on. So we, if you understand how the, our neurological, our brain system works. Understand how you work. How does that affect how an addict can wrestle with his or her addiction okay. and how you can help them wrestle with that addiction. But we'll take a break. we we'll come back to do that. All right? All right. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mark Steiner Show. And before we get back to our conversation... I want to remind you the Mark Steiner Show and conversations like this are brought to you in part by the Maryland State Education Association. From limiting over-testing to protecting public school funding, you can learn more about the issues facing Maryland students, parents, and schools by visiting the Maryland State Education Association's website at MarylandEducators.org. That's MarylandEducators.org. And now back to our conversation with Woody Curry, who we lost last weekend. So tell me how this is – before we go to the next caller, Clarence, you're next up. How this is – this this kind of work you're doing in the last year or so, really – we've done more than that, but you know what I'm saying, mm. kind of really functioning on the neurological system, how that's affected your work in terms of approach?
1: I was, the Baltimore Station is kind of unique. Not kind of. It is in terms of what you call a treatment thing. Because you've been there, you'd be hard yeah. pressed to find out what kind of treatment was actually going on if you're looking for classical kind of treatment, right? Right. Right? We, the station is set up in an asymmetric process. We have people there all day who never used any drugs at all, right? But the people who do use drugs have to find a way to communicate and interact and live amongst them on a daily basis. we got kids and school kids that come in for teaching and learning and different stuff like that, right? So the guys have to learn how to address that part of society. We have people. You've been in there. You know, we have artists. No, our listeners haven't. Yeah. Well, we yeah. have the whole Baltimore community involved that wants to in one way or the other. And that's like learning to live amongst different kinds of people with different ideas and different beliefs and not be afraid of them because they're different. You see, you're in an environment where it's so diverse that anybody can just about come in and, you know, just converse with people. So it changes the whole face of the people mostly that we have in the program who felt like outcasts and disconnected and everything else. And then the stuff that I'm doing as far as Telling them that their brain's designed to change their reality if they choose to do it, and showing them the way that it's done, and seeing things like that. Everybody gets on board. So it's like that whole organizational thing has a lot of different components and it's a lot of different functions, but they're all organized around the same goal which creates a healthy living situation. Sure, there's going to be, in any situation, there's going to be problems and dysfunctions and lessons to be learned. People call them failures. I call them lessons to be learned. That stuff's going to happen. But what do you do with it when it does happen? Do you learn from that? Everybody learns from everybody else, and that's what makes a community, and that's where the healing takes place, just in the day-to-day interaction. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, And it's not what I'm saying that it's not orchestrated. It's orchestrated by life itself. Life tends to come together when there's need. A common need, right? You see what I'm saying? It's just the way we wired. You know, we got what they call mirror neurons. You ever heard of them? Yep. You know what they do, right? Well, talk about it. Yeah, compassion, empathy. All of those things that we don't see the connection, but we're wired for that kind of stuff. See, we only use, man, what do they say? And I guess that's just a random. Well, let's just say when you look at the brain, you're looking at a quantum event, not a, 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 a physical linear cause and effect thing. You're looking at a quantum process where everything's rolling around together and out of the, all of that chaos it will organize itself into a higher functioning
0: and we're only using maybe 10 percent of our brain
1: yeah but the reason why we only use it because we think too much we think but we don't
0: see which is why part of the p- people do is meditate
1: right you think but you don't see what meditation taught me like I told you going to the beach and looking out into infinity and guess what the ocean told me what did I tell you that's how life is It was nice and calm because there wasn't nothing happening in the sky. But when the clouds come over, something happens with the ocean, little teeny things start to ripples, and then the earth is moving and it shifts and all that. And that's what nature does. And so that's what we do, right? But when I look at nature and see that it always comes back to a state of equilibrium, that's what the brain does too because it's a natural process. Am I making sense or am I sounding too mystical?
0: It's a little mystical, but I understand what you're saying. But but, but, but it takes, when you live in a society like ours, right? Okay, that's
1: why we have a therapeutic community. See, the society we live in, the big thing is the law of the jungle. It is. Survival of the fittest. Okay? Literally.
0: Yeah, and some. It's very ruthless and. And some societies exacerbate that more than others. Well, that's that, well. see, what
1: happens is until it becomes a collective problem, the best you're going to get is little small functioning proportions and hope it spread. I mean, look how I spread it out from a, a homeless shelter to having almost every part of the society in Baltimore involved in the process in one way or the other. Now, I do all that. ain't no way.
0: You know? No, it was a collective thing that did it. it, it
1: that's how things go. If, if an idea has some merit, it will take hold and it will expand on its own. That's what the brain
0: does. So well, let, me do let me open the phones again. 410-319-8888 here with Woody Curry uh, for his visit to our studios talking about addiction, his latest work with addiction uh, as clinical director of the Baltimore Station. 410-319-8888. Write to us here at standardshow at gmail.com. I'll check the emails in a minute. And Clarence, you're on the air.
5: Right, thank you, Mr. Steiner, for taking the call uh, you, you, you guys kind of elaborated on what i, I wanted to say, but i being a, a computer specialist in electronics all I always looked at all my life I always looked at it as like loading the wrong operating system you you know if if you've got a kid that's growing up in a household with drugs and, and crazy behaviors going on, that operating system is getting loaded in his head, either at that point or somewhere down the line.
1: All the uh, way down the line.
5: Yeah. Uh, the same way I view, look at some of the problems, you look at some of the recent headlines, you know, and when um, a kid is coming up in a household where hunting is, if we're still hunting gatherers and, that operating system. Oh, I need a rifle to hunt with, or an assault weapon. All of those things can be loaded into an individual's head and become part of his behavior or his thought process at any given point in time. You know, so I always look at it as loading the wrong operating system and not having somebody to, you know, wipe it out and reload something you know more social and more more conduc- conducive to a better society and behavior patterns. But the therapeutic community, to me, is up against something that's bigger than us as a species. I mean, this is way beyond us because of the construct of the society we live in, just as you elaborated on. That's what that's what I had in mind. Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah,
1: I, in concept, that's what I was saying about a living is like a feedback loop. We see what we did. We see what we thought, you see. We, we we do what was done to us. It's like a feedback loop. The body is resounding, like, and that's what it is. It's creating this reality based on what was said and felt and done to us. It creates a reality about that, and that becomes a normal reality for that organism, even with the pain and stuff.
0: You well, see? I mean, w- w- it's one of the reasons why and it's in, in the societies as this one is organized, I think, why you have – the the uh, amount and intensity of addiction because we have you know you, you deal with addiction um, most programs, most programs deal with addiction for illegal quote unquote illegal substances but addiction goes way beyond that. I'm a clinician I, I you know I, I understand
1: all of that but you know it's still it it's still my focus is on people. And, and and these identifying things, we're talking about a process, not a, a, a an event. It's a process. Okay, the body is chemically dependent. Every cell in the body has went through what you call neuroadaptation to the cellular change, the chemical messages being sent by the drug. So that is the dependent state that the body is in. So they're not reading cues correctly. So if they're not reading the environment correctly, how can they interact with it correctly? That's right. where the dysfunction goes. Okay, now a total body that's dependent, the idea of not having what I'm dependent on, again, I'm back at the ocean. You ever see a fish don't know in water till you take him out of it? And that's what you see going on with an addict internally when the loss of the drug or the idea of not being able to get it or to secure a supply. So that's a twenty four seven thing. A fish can't stay out of water but so doggone long. And that's a tolerance thing. And so that's what you're looking at when you're looking at an addict. He doesn't know he's in water. Fish don't know they're in water.
0: Right. All I'm saying is is that we always look at addiction. We think of addiction.
1: You're social referencing, that's what you're doing. Yeah. I know. And I, I don't pay that, that's social referencing. And that's not what's happening. That's my point. I don't get caught up in social referencing because the people that's doing the social referencing don't even know that they're that's what they're doing. They're doing it unconsciously.
0: Well, I, exactly. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm saying as a part of the problem is that I think But what you're saying is that you don't deal with that. It's fine because it's not what you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to maybe on some levels. But if but I think as a larger discussion in society, you have to deal with it people don't, because we're not aware of it. Well, they will when they get around to it, but my focus is not
1: on the whole. It's too big. You know, I gotta. You know, you you start with something that works on a small scale, and you hope it catches on, right? And if it's right, it it usually does catch on. So what the track we started on at the station way back when is expanding and keeps on getting bigger and bigger, right? And so I gotta keep doing research. I gotta keep seeing what's happening and isolating these different processes, these behavioral processes, these. Psychological interventions, different techniques—all of that's part of the whole process that you see at the station. Even the therapists that we have walking around in there aren't dressed like experts, because that fosters dependency. Then everybody starts looking right. to you see, but they know that we all we're we somewhere in a mix. Well, right, you and the other guys on
0: there definitely do not dress like clin- clinicians.
1: Why should we? <laughs> I learned that in the war. Four one zero three
0: one nine eighty eight eighty eight. Joe, you're on the air.
2: Um, I'd just like to comment on uh, what they were saying about you're going into too much of a, uh expanded explanation. I, I, I'm glad that you're going into an expanded explanation because what I found out is that even with the people I grew up with or the people I run across who go to jail, in and out of jail, or people that have sort of, sort of problems, you can't solve their problems. It sort of give you an understanding of why they have their problem. And also agree with your definition of of decisions. Sometimes you make decisions based on uh, sort of a chaos but to me I just sort of found that uh, I like the fact that you do go into a little bit more of a detailed explanation because it just gives me a better understanding of when I come across people. Not that you can solve people's problems but you can stand back and look and sort of understand sometimes why people have problems. And I'll just hang up on that comment. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Joe.
1: That's good. Uh, You know, that's basically what I do. Like I was saying, Mark and I were talking about, I learn more by looking and seeing than I do by thinking. Because thinking is just one process of remembering, and and we're too cerebral in this society. We take everything up in our head and put it in some abstract concept and throw it away. I had that experience during a war of killing people, and they would say, no, we inflicted casualties. You see, our language can just take the scene right off and, and, and go into a state of denial, and then when you get out of the military speak and come back to the real world, and you look at what went down, and oh, my God. Yep, that's what happened.
0: <laughs> well, that's why people go through what they go through when they come back. I know. Part of the reason. Some of the reason. Some of the reason. Somebody just wrote in on Facebook, Jameson wants to know, is your guest tonight an atheist? He sounds like it. A what? Atheist. A what? Did that get into conversation? I'm just telling you what somebody just wrote in.
1: Well, I don't know what the person's hearing, so I can't respond to that. I know I didn't get into any kind of uh, particular beliefs. You know what I'm saying is that you know people are entitled to believe whatever they want. You know, I don't, even,
0: I don't even get into that, man. Four one zero three one nine eighty eight eighty eight. Lawrence, you're on the air.
3: Uh yes, thanks for taking my call. Thanks nice for calling. Um, yeah, I, I've. Um... Uh, I agree with uh, Dr. Curry wholeheartedly. I stumbled across, across a book um, I know at least over 10 years ago uh, that um, enlightened me on what what you are saying, uh, Mr. Curry. In that, and what I learned was that uh, a lot of our reactions are uh, directed in, in, by the brain itself. Um, once you become addicted, uh, the brain is... It has, like you said, has, has changed molecularly. And so when we uh, make decisions, we're not really making those decisions uh, based on uh, what society says uh, is uh, a moral decision. We, you know, we, we learned that as addicts. an addict unless I'm actively acting as an addict does if I'm not getting high if I'm not using if I'm not uh, 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 moving about in an addictive uh, state then I'm not labeled an addict anymore I've I've moved on you know I'm not subjected to that to that title anymore
2: Um,
3: so I agree with you wholeheartedly um, and thanks for sharing. I, I wish more treatment programs would jump on, uh, or, or would, would would start to uh, investigate that because I think that that's the direction that um, uh, uh, addiction um, recovery needs to move towards.
0: And in the book, I looked at the book is called "The Addicted Brain." That is a book that was put out. So that's no kidding. What year was that? I'll tell you in a minute. But you have you want to see something large before I look that up?
3: I'm sorry. Say again.
0: I'm just saying that, 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 uh, that there is a book called The Addicted Brain. Right. Yep.
1: Well, the thing about research is you've got to keep going with it because you don't run into anything until you run into evidence, <laughs> you see. And, and, and I mean physical evidence because if you are a human, then they, whatever's going on with you has, is biological on some level. You can, mm-hmm. I, that's, that's one thing that's undeniable. Because you're a human organism. so And we understand how we put together. I mean, see, they don't teach you who you are in school Mm -hmm. unless you go to medical school. So most people run around have no idea what they're doing. I mean, physiologically. Right, right. You see. And so, therefore, if you don't know what you're doing, how can you know what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to label it from some reference point. That's not really right. what it is. That's all I'm saying. They're, they're, right. you, that's what I'm saying. So everybody's in the process somewhere, but it's according to where they are in the process. Everybody's not a
0: researcher. Right.
1: right. You see, so.
0: So let me do that a favor. Lawrence, appreciate the call. I'm going to try to get this one of the callers in before the end so of much. the hour. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, Alex, you're on the air. <clears throat> Alex, you're on the air.
4: Oh, okay. Hi. Hey, um, welcome. My Thank you so much. My uh, question was, earlier you said uh, 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 one time that you were meditating and you go maybe to the beach or wherever you go, and you then get some, I'm going to say, re- distinctions and responses that you don't get because you're not really thinking you're being somewhere. Yeah. And my question to you is, whenever there's something going on in the universe, let's say, under a, a, a storm or something, you always see the birds start to leave before anybody else. They start to move in a direction because they're centered in whatever that is that's telling them that they need to get from where they are to somewhere else. And I want you to maybe take a look at what is it that we are not able to see anymore that everything else on the planet that's alive can see that doesn't have to go to a Mars, it doesn't have to go to church. It doesn't have to go anywhere. But they <laughs> can find the distinctions necessary right. to live inside the universe where the universe is constantly committed to stand in the same circle, where human <laughs> beings are always in.
0: Okay, well, let me just let me just, only interrupting Alex, because we have about three minutes okay, left. Right. And we'll, I'll let Woody have a chance to respond to you, because you're saying some really important things, I think. Woody, is, is that too similar to what we talk we, about all the time? The
1: uni- when you talk about the universe, we made up of the same stuff. Okay. Yes. We are right. made up of the same stuff. We're no different than anything else in the universe, just an intelligent life form. There's a piece of the Big Bang inside of all of us. They all, Yeah, you, you experience the Big Bang every morning when you open your eyes and light comes on. Then the show starts. Yes. That's it.
4: Well, what's the distinction?
1: There of, is none.
4: Well, why then You are you always in survival?
1: Because that's what yeah, life is. Life is living.
4: They don't, they don't have to live in survival. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you are in survival. Uh-oh. I'm in survival. You're always looking to either get something to do something.
1: You're never really being well, th- that
0: much. Well, we only have, like, two minutes left. But it's, it's not – I mean, you did talk about survival earlier in the program. Yeah.
1: Well, one thing I do when I'm sitting down at the beach and looking at the ocean, I'm not doing anything, and nothing's happening. Okay, now, survival is is what is evolution, that's what you label survival. It's evolving, growing, changing, learning, evolving. That's, that's what. But when you talk about survival, that is the basic life, the will to live in every living thing. I mean, you've been in the jungle and everything is trying to get to the sun. And you see all kinds of different shape, forms. It's an asymmetric process. It's not a straight line explanation thing.
0: Woody Curry, I just want to say thank you once again. It's always good to have you on the show. Never know where we're going to go, but we get there somehow. I'm glad I got off before I got to the limit. <laughs> I ain't limited. I'm still fooling <laughs> with it. I, I'm just joking. I did it the best I could. Woody Curry, clinical director of Baltimore Station, joins us for his visit here to our program uh, to address issues of our life and addiction. Always good to have you here, brother. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for